Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. It's a full-time job to try to keep the fences up and everything. Like these cow pens back here, we had to repair them every once in a while. It's a lot of work involved. A lot of work involved, but I just love it. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, we're chatting with a beef chief, 87-year-old cattle rancher, Huey Howard. When Huey Howard got into cattle ranching in 1963, JFK was president, the Beach Boys' Surfing USA topped the music charts, and a white landowner could refuse to sell property to a black man. But that didn't stop the Mississippi native from becoming one of Florida's few black cattle ranchers. Today, Huey and his family raise more than 400 head of cattle, and they've earned respect in Florida's predominantly white beef cattle industry, in which African Americans still account for only about 3% of our state's beef producers. The family was even honored a few years ago during a parade in Immokalee. Earlier this year, I met the 87-year-old at the Howard family's ranch in Felda, about 30 miles east of Fort Myers. It was a sweltering afternoon, so we settled into the air-conditioned cabin of Huey's gray Chevy pickup truck for a chat. His nephew, Gerald, was in the back seat. I spoke with Huey for the summer 2023 issue of Gravy Quarterly, which is a publication of the Southern Foodways Alliance, and this episode's audio comes from that conversation. In our chat, Huey shares why he's passionate about raising cows, his favorite ways to enjoy Florida beef, and how he managed to buy his first plot of land after all. two farms. This particular farm that I'm, I'm really working at every day is just right down the road there a little piece. And I work there all the time. And we farm, we grow tomatoes, watermelons, cucumbers, we grow jalapeno peppers, sweet peppers, cantaloupes, and corn, beans, everything. We grow a little bit of everything that we do research on. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had all those vegetables. And what about you, sir, in the back seat? We're sitting in this nice air-conditioned uh, Silverado truck. <laughs> uh, my name would be Gerald Howard. I'm uh, his nephew. My father was one of his older brothers. Okay. All right. Well, Huey, will you tell me a little bit about yourself? When and where were you born? I came to Immokalee in 1953. And I worked, for, I worked at the Standard Oil Station for nine years. And when I left the Standard Oil Station, I worked for Duda for 17 years. You worked for who? For Duda, A. Duda and Son. That's, that's the that, farm. They own oh, the, the land over there where we, okay. where we work on. And I, I worked for them for 17 years, but I was a, I was a contractor. Then I had trucks and buses and pickups and 
everything for many years uh, when I was working for Duda. But they quit farming, and when they quit farming, uh, I kind of like started working for other people because I had a lot of equipment. And then I started working at the research station. I sold all of the equipment, and I went to work for the research station, and I've been working there ever since. So you said you came to Immokalee in 53. Mm-hmm. Where were you born? In Leland, Mississippi. In what year were you born? Uh, 12, 12, 35. So what brought your family to Immokalee? Well, I, I was with some friends, and we we was in uh, North Carolina at that time, and South Carolina and all. And I, I kind of, like, followed them on down here to Immokalee, and I, I've been here ever since. Okay. <laughs> Where in Mississippi did you say you were born? Uh, Leland, Mississippi. Leland, Mississippi. All mm-hmm. right. So what were your parents' names, and what did they do? My father was named James Howard, and my mother was named Mary Howard. They worked on a farm, and we worked for a man named A.C. Thomas back then. But we was, we was on a farm, and they drove cotton and beans and that kind of stuff. This is my wife. Oh, beautiful. And she was the principal at Village Oaks in Immokalee for many years. Dorcas Howard. Yeah, and uh-huh. then she retired, and then uh, four years ago she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So how did you get into cattle ranching? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I made myself a promise that... Uh, one of these days you're going to get in the cow business. And I, I held my promise. I got into the cow business. You said, Gerald, you said that's his passion? That's his love, first love. What, why did you want to uh, get into that industry? Well, I, I, I had some friends that owned a bunch of cattle, and I wanted to, to get into business also. But back then, they wouldn't sell me no land or they wouldn't lease me no land. Who? Nobody. Why is that? On, on, on sick of me being black they wouldn't lease me no land or they wouldn't sell me no land but we finally got where we could buy some land and I bought a piece of land on on uh, 82 where you come in on I own like 130 acres up there you did yeah that's why that's where we keep our bulls still do 100 how many acres do you own altogether? me and my son own 1600 acres oh my gosh yeah we own 1600 acres but I lease 5,000 Okay. At least 5,250 acres. What is your son's name? Ivan. Ivan Howard. Yeah. Now, how were you able to buy the land when no one was willing to sell to a black man? Well, my first piece of property, I had a man named Ralph, who was a good friend of mine. White guy. And uh, he went and bought it for me. What did you say, Gerald? He's a Caucasian. White guy. Okay. No, no. We, this is why we need you here. He was... Fill in the gaps. He was a good friend of mine. And me and him had about 10 or 12 cows together back there, way back there then. And uh, I saw this piece of land in, in, uh, on the on the G Road, 20 acres of land for sale. So I asked Mr. Ralph, would he go buy it for me? And he said, yeah. But they wouldn't sell it to me, but he went and bought it for me. We paid $5,000 for it, okay? And down through the years, uh, a farmer got to farming right side of it and started pumping water on it. So I told him, you either buy it or I'm going to sue you. He said, oh, I'll buy it. So I sold it to him for fifty thousand dollars. So what year? What year was that? That Ralph helped you get your start? In the seventies, right? In the seventies. Okay. Okay. So you'd been here for a good twenty years or so. Oh yeah. Okay. 
and tell me what kind of what kind of cows do you have? I don't know anything about cows. What kind of cows do you have, and what do you like about I, that? I raise, we raise beef cattle, but also I got a herd of beefmaster cattle. I got a probably around 150 head of beefmasters, and I got commercial cows, which is beef cattle we raise. I think I got around 800 head, and I haven't got around 500 head of cows. So you have 800, your son has 500. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. That's a lot of cows. Yeah, that's a lot of cows. Who are your customers? We sell all our cattle to Okeechobee livestock market, or either Arcadia. We got one in Okeechobee and one in Arcadia. And uh, down through the years, when we got cows, they get 12, 14-year-old or something, we sell the cows and replace them with some heifers. So uh, uh, that's what we, we do. Wow. Okay, so how would you say your job has changed over the years? You've now been cattle ranching for, what, many, five, five many, decades? Many, years. How has your job changed in the five decades since you started ranching? Well, things have really changed from the, from the time I started up until now. We used to sell cows and calves cheap, cheap. I can remember selling calves for 15, 16 cents a pound. What would they go for today? Uh, probably a dollar and a half, two dollars and some today. But way back then, I can remember selling cash for 15, 16 cents a pound. What else has changed? Has the day-to-day changed at all? Well, a lot of things have changed. We used to be able to go out and catch wild hogs and butcher them and all that stuff. But the panthers, we got such a panther problem until... We can't hardly do that anymore. I put I put eighteen dunkers uh, in my cows. Eighteen what? Eighteen dunkers. You know what a dunky is? A little mule. Oh, a donkey. Okay, yeah. yeah. I put eighteen dunkers in there to keep the cows off the off the cows, and the panthers kill all eighteen of my dunkers. Wow. All eighteen of them. And I know if they kill eighteen dunkers, they probably don't kill forty or fifty calves. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I did see the panther crossing signs here on my way here, but the panthers I thought were so rare. But for you, they're one of the biggest threats to your herds? They're a lot of threat to my herds. Oh, it's a big, big, huge piece of land. Wow. Wait, so, so how much total land do you have between the land that you own and the land that you lease? What would you say? 7,000 acres. 7,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds like so much work. Isn't there something easier you could do to earn a living? <laughs> Probably is, but I don't want to. What do you like about this? It seems really I love to difficult. go out there. I love to go to the ranch and ride around, and I love to go out there and look at the cows. And my son is a cowboy. He takes care of all of the cattle. That would be Huey. His son, Huey. Huey and Ivan, both of them is the ones that take care of the cattle. And Gerald, Gerald is my bystander. What's your role here, Gerald? <laughs> he just said it. I'm, I'm here to help his son, Huey, do any type of repairs on the fence and gates. That the See, like the fence break. right there, you know, we have to keep all these fences up and everything. There's a post broke right there. We've got to be replaced. And he's over there repairing fence now, going down that lane. But uh, it's, a full-time, it's a full-time job to try to keep the fences up and everything. Like these cow pens back here, we had to repair them every once in a while. 
It's a lot of work involved. A lot of work involved, but I just love it. <laughs> when you were a kid, what did you imagine you would be doing as an adult? Well, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be in the in the cow business. You did? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That's one of those things. I, I When I first started, and I had a black friend of mine in Kissimmee, the one got me started in the cow business. I went up and talked to him, and he and he told me, I'm going to get you started in the cow business. So he got me started. Oh. He, he let me have truckloads and truckloads of cows, and I'd pay him whenever i get the money. <laughs> uh, what was his name? Lawrence Salas. So you did have a black role model in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was in the cow business. In fact, he, he said he never worked for a person in his life other than himself. Somebody gave him a bunch of cats when he was a kid, and he started raising them cats and, and breeding them and selling cows and calves and all that, and that's how he got started. Okay, so after your white friend got you set up with the land, you got dairy cows, and then you realized beef was better? Yeah, well, I, I, I was raising cows, like I said, and every time I get a bunch of cows, they would get wet and catch pneumonia and die, so I, I quit doing that and stopped buying cows. And I had another uh, white friend of mine in Immokalee. He would go up there with me to Kissimmee and pick the cows for me. And he'd always try to pick the one that's heavy with a cat. That's where we got started. <laughs> okay, so tell me more about wanting to be a rancher. Were you were you watching cowboy movies? Were you reading stories? Where did you even get no, the idea? No, did you know anybody no, who was a cowboy? No, no, not really, not really. I just, my son, he always wanted a horse when he was a, just a little kid. And I always kept him in a horse. I buy a horse for him. And he loved the horses so... And he still do. He got a whole slew of them. Which, yeah. which son is this? Ivan. Uh-huh. But uh, I got to really loving it, just listening to him talk about the horses and all. He didn't care much about cows. He was concerned about horses. But uh, I got to listen to him, and I said, you know, if he wants horses, I want cows. <laughs> <laughs> so he went for horses, and I went for cows. I don't have any horses. I haven't got horses. I think he got about 12. Okay, but you like to ride them, you said. No, they won't let me ride. Oh, you don't ride. Did you ever? Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I, tell me. What is he not saying, a, Gerald? Tell me what's he, what's he holding out on us. This the only horse they let me the ride. Only <laughs> the only horsepower you <laughs> can ride is this truck. Is this truck. This is a nice truck. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for they, that. They, they won't let me ride a horse. I haven't got a whole slew of horses right there. And I tell Ivan when he come, I say, Ivan, sell me up one. Oh, you ride yours. You ain't going to get one. Why won't they let you have a horse? You're the you're the dad. You could have what you want. Yeah, but I'm 87 years old. Well, you look good. You look amazing. <laughs> you look great. Your skin is flawless. I might look amazing, but them years is there. <laughs> 87. So, 87. have you thought about retiring? Mm-hmm. I thought about it, but let me tell you now. Okay, the first morning I wake up and can't get out of the bed, I'm gonna retire. Up until the end, I ain't going to retire. So you've got a long time left. <laughs> I hope so.
Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. had the one black friend who was a cowboy. What was his name again? In Kissimmee? Oh, oh Mr. Lawrence? Yeah, Mr. Lawrence. Lawrence Childers, yeah, was his name. So, did you have any other black role models in this industry? Well, not in the cattle business. He was the only black one I know in the cattle business, but he was in Kissimmee, mm-hmm. not here. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one I knew that was in the cow business. And I used to go to visit him regularly. On holidays, he would have a big, big barbecue. Everything. Chicken, ribs, goat, and everything. And I used to go up there. Every 4th of July, I used to go up to his place and and eat. (laughs) And enjoy being with him. (laughs) Speaking of eating, how do you like your steak? I like it done. Well done. Uh-oh, Gerald, you're laughing. Was that the wrong answer? <laughs> I want it done, and I want, I want it with a lot of onions on it. Mmm. I raised onions. You did? Okay, tell, raised- me, tell me about the vegetables, because I didn't realize you also had vegetables. Oh, yeah. we. Like I said, I work in the research station. Who owns the research? Who's doing the research? Bear owns it. The aspirin company? Bear? Yeah. I guess that's what you oh. call it. Yeah. Well, they own the company. Uh, what do you do there? We got, I find the labor. Oh, I'm okay. The labor. Okay. We got a watermelon breeder. We got a cucumber breeder. We got a, a pepper breeder, tomato breeder, and all that. But they take care of that part of it. I don't have nothing to do with that. Okay. That's all. All right. So, so how many kids... Do you have, I know you have the two sons that you mentioned. Do you have grandkids as well? Mm-hmm. How many grandkids? Well, Ivan, Ivan has got two grandkids, and uh, Hugh has got, what, three? Three, Jill? So yeah. you've got how many grandkids? Five grandkids? No, i got more than that. i got a bunch of them. And maybe great-grandkids? Great-grandkids. Let's, yeah. let's add it up. Can we add it up? Add we can't add it up. <laughs> it takes us a while. Okay, so you've up. got two sons, right? Or, or more than two? No, I got three sons. You have three sons? Yeah, I got Ivan, Kevin, and Huey. Okay. But Kevin, uh, he's in California, and he's, he's a lawyer. Oh, where in California is he? he? In San Francisco. Oh, in San Francisco. Okay, so Kevin's in California. Ivan and Huey are here, as well yeah. as Gerald. What does the future look like for the, the cattle ranch? Well, as far as I'm concerned, the future look a little good for the cattle uh, ranch, we, we're going to try to stay in the cattle as long as I'm living, and I imagine when I'm gone, we'll still be in the cattle. What makes cattle ranching a good field to go into in the 21st century? Wouldn't it be easier to be a lawyer in California and just put your feet up on the desk? I can't answer that for one simple reason. You know, you want your field what you want to be in. Mm-hmm. My field, I want to be in. I want to raise cattle and farm. That's what I want to do. Ivan wants to raise cattle and farm. Jail talking about uh, buying horses, but he gonna probably end up buying cows. 
Just, just come over to the dark side, Gerald. Just go ahead. My yeah. auntie told me, which was his wife, she told me that at one time there were three registered uh, farmers in the state of Florida. Registered meaning they registered with the agriculture. With the Department of Agriculture? Right. And that was, two of them was he and his son. What? And whoever the third one was. But that's registered. It could be many black farmers. That's true. Registered. Now, why do you think... Do you believe there were more out there, or why weren't they registering? Well, listen to me, okay? Long time ago, we probably don't have a lot of black cowboys because they couldn't buy the land and they couldn't lease the land. Wouldn't nobody lease the land to us or sell us the land. Just that simple. I think the breakthrough decade was the 80s. Oh, yeah? when they start selling blacks and that basically because they probably needed money. So when you're desperate for money, you, you don't see color then. Mm. So. Who, who was desperate for money? The owners who was probably white. Why were they desperate for money in the 80s? For whatever reason, like taxes or whatever the case may have been. Wow, yeah. But if, as a, if you saw a land for sale sign and as a black man, you, and if this person is not having any financial problems, and there's a great probability it won't sell to you. Right. Are there any stories that you remember of some injustice that probably wouldn't have happened today? I got a lot of those. I, I don't want to talk about them. Okay. Is there is there one that's, that stands out in your mind? Well... Uh, my first piece of property that I got, like I said, they wouldn't sell it to me. They sold it to Mr. Ralph. And uh, he, we went to the bank and changed it over into my name, but they wouldn't sell it to me. Mm-hmm. We, me and Mr. Ralph and the man walking along, him and the man in the front, I'm in the back. And I, I heard the man tell Mr. Ralph, said, who's going to buy this land, you or him? I can't sell it to him. And Mr. Ralph said, no, I'm the one going to buy it. So we bought that 20 acres for $5,000, and uh, we went to the bank and changed it over in my name. But this man started farming right by it and started pumping water on it. And I told him, you know, I'm going to sue you or either you buy it. And, oh, I'll buy it. So I sold it to him for $50,000. I paid 5000 for it, and I sold it for 50000 That's pretty good. <laughs> so what does it mean for you to be carrying on the tradition? This country has a rich tradition of black cowboys, and you are carrying that on here in Florida. So what does that mean to you? Well, it means everything to me. Really, to be honest with you, it means everything to me because I can get up in the morning and know that I can go to the ranch and look at my own cows and look at my own land. It means a lot to me, you know. You also told me about the Immokalee Cattle Drive and Jamboree. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. We sponsored a cattle drive through Immokalee. Mm-hmm. The Howards. The Howards. Me and my sons and daughters. Is it an annual event? Yeah, they have it every year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Wow. But, this is, this but is fantastic. But this, this particular one, the Howards sponsored it. Mm-hmm. So it made it kind of special. That's really cool. That's and very cool. And he was the uh, the first black family to be sponsored. To sponsor. Wow. This is you're you're a living legend. Yes. You're a living legend. <laughs> so what do you? Ho- I mean, just 
thinking about how few black people there are in this industry in Florida, what is your hope? My hope? Mm-hmm. My hope is that we just live as long as we can. You know, I, I'm speaking of me, okay? Yeah. I like to help people. You know, I like to help people. People that work for me, I try to feed them four or five times a year. We have, uh, then I have someone come in with barbecue steaks, and I, I'm good to my help. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good to my help, and I, I really, I enjoy helping people. I really enjoy helping people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. If there's any way I can help a person, I'd be glad to do it, because I'm, I just love to do it. Okay. I, I, feel, I feel like the good Lord is so good to me. For me to own all the stuff I own and still being able to get up and go, I feel I can I can help somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's it like today interacting with the other predominantly white cattle ranchers? Do you feel like you're part of the the club now? Yeah, you know we every time we, when we work our cows, we we always have a bunch of cowboys to come in and work the cows. A bunch of white cowboys, and they all most all the time when we're working, we always got six or seven cowboys. But it's not a problem. They they kind of love to work for me. Be honest with you. <laughs> I could see why. You're the boss now. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. great? Yeah, well, they kind of love to work for me because I pay them good and everything. Wow. Last question: Do you have any other hobbies, or does this take up pretty much all your time? No, I don't, other than farming and cattle. This is your passion. Right. I love that. That's his passion. He loved his cows. Yeah. He loved his cows. What brought you back down from Chicago? Uh, this is home. Me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I said me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is home. I, uh, my roots are here. Yeah. I've always told my friends in Chicago that uh, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Mm, I like that. So, if Anyone in Chicago, if I was to introduce you to them, they would tell you, we got tired of hearing them talk about Florida. Ah, so there you are. <laughs> I, love the ha- I love to have Jill to come and uh, stay. You know what I'm saying? I love for him to come and spend time with me. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you would like to add? No, I guess we probably went over everything I can think of. This has been great. What a treat. And I got to sit in your air-conditioned truck. I wish I could just hang out all day, but I guess it's time to uh, say goodbye. All right, well, we can, <laughs> listen, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to drive back up to Tampa. <laughs> that was Huey Howard speaking with me for an interview that was originally printed in the summer 2023 issue of Gravy Quarterly. You can find a link to the magazine on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Zalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Bachman. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023. Part of the NPR Network.